April, Mother's Day is just around the corner. Do you know what you are doing for your mom this year? I sure do. This year, I'm gifting her My Life in a Book, which is this very cool service that will allow her to turn her life stories into a beautiful printed book, complete with her own photos of significant moments in her life. Yes, this is so amazing. And dress listeners, here is how it works. So once a week, mylifeinabook.com will send your mom a question via email. And these can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you wish to ask. And then your mom can either type her response or she can use their voice to text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. So join us and check out mylifeinabook.com and use the code DRESSED at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use the code DRESSED for 10% off today. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Dress listeners, if you suffer from seasonal allergies like me, Astapro is your new go-to. It has been super helpful to me this spring as it bursts into full bloom. And that's because Astapro is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter solution for nasal allergy symptoms. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. And Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. You too can get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief like I have with Astapro. It gets me back in the game, ready to record the show for all of you. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Just the History of Fashion is a production of iHeartRadio. With over 7 billion people in the world, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we all get dressed. Welcome to Dressed, the History of Fashion, a podcast where we explore the who, what, when of why we wear. We are fashion historians and your hosts, Cassidy Zachary and April Callahan. Cass, today's fashion history mystery mini-sode question comes to us from listener Christopher Rogers, who wrote to us some months back, and we apologize for the delay in responding. We promise we do read all of your messages and and, an attempt to respond to them all, but some weeks are just simply crazier than others for us. (laughs) But please... Please, please, please keep sending them. Please. Because we do actually keep a spreadsheet of all of your questions <laughs> for potential fashion history mystery minisodes, and we pluck them out to answer whenever the moment is right. Yeah, and friendly reminder that you can direct message us on Instagram, and you can also email us at dressed at iheartmedia.com. And we really do love hearing from you. So please write to us with all your uh, fashion history mystery questions. Yeah, like Christopher did um, when he wrote to us saying, Hey, April and Cassidy, fashion history mystery. In the history of fashion, when and why does the word dress mean something different for both genders? For men, the word is used as a verb, while for females, the word is used as a verb, but also a noun. Why don't men use it as a noun too, since the word means clothes on a body? And that is an incredibly good question. And something that when April and I were both in grad school is, well, it's really one of the very first things that we addressed in our coursework. What is fashion? What is dress? 
And we have touched on this briefly in one of our earliest episodes from last season called Freeing the Body, the Birth of Modern Dress. But in case some of you have not heard that episode or need a refresher, uh, we are going to start with the term dress. So in the English language, the term dress first appears in the early 1300s as a verb, uh, and it's really used to indicate a manner of arrangement or preparation in the way that we still refer to, say, dressing a salad today. Mm-hmm. And this usage of dress, meaning to make or set straight, continued for some time. And by that, I mean about 200 years. <laughs> and we don't really see an association with the word dress and clothing until approximately around 1586, when it emerges as a noun used as a general term for apparel or clothing, which is, as fashion historians cast, that's how we still use the term today. It's kind of a catch-all term meaning all clothing. Right. And academics who study clothing often use the term costume as well in much the same way. So it's a general term for clothing. For these types of garments intended for masquerade or a theme party, scholars generally use the British term fancy dress. So then April, all of this really does beg the question, what is the relationship of dress and costume to fashion? Well, the answer to that is a little bit complicated because society at large tends to use the word fashion interchangeably when they mean clothes. But in practice, fashion is an ideology that extends far beyond the types of clothing that we wear. The fashion system itself is a social phenomenon, a shared style or taste that exists for a limited amount of time before it cannibalizes itself and is replaced by something new. And in this way, fashion is truly a cog in the wheel of capitalism. And for capitalism to work, the desire to consume has to be sparked. And the fashion system is a catalyst for igniting people's desires to replace still useful objects with ones that are perceived to be more in line with the current mode. And this is a huge part of what drives the marketplace. And if you listen to this show a lot, You've probably heard me say this before. Yes, fashion is constantly remaking the visual landscape of the world around us, creating trends in ways that extend far beyond clothing. So if you think about shifts and trends in interior design, for instance, the type of foods that we eat, what colors of cars are offered in certain years versus others, Pantone colors, the list goes on and on, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just forever until the end of time. (laughs) So... Christopher, I know your question was about the use of the term dress and not fashion, but I do think it's important to note that fashionable clothing is a subset of this larger overarching category that we call dress. And not all clothing in the world is considered fashionable, but all clothing is considered dress. The specific one-piece garment uh, featuring a skirt that, that we call a dress is just but one style of clothing alongside socks, jeans, caps, scarves, so on and so forth, which all qualify as dress. And I think maybe what Christopher was trying to get at um, about why men versus women have different relationships to this term dress is the fact that the individual garment known as a dress has been historically gendered as feminine throughout much of recent Western history. So apparently the term dress as applied specifically to a woman's garment first emerged around the 1630s. Of course, at this time, a woman's dress consisted of not one, but a two-piece garment. It wasn't really until the 20th century that the woman's dress became a one-piece garment. 
So Christopher, it would appear that in many ways, this gender difference in the term dress is a cultural construction reflective of time and place. Non-bifurcated garments have, of course, been worn by men around the world throughout history. And if I'm correct, this is the subject of an upcoming episode you are working on, April, right? Yes, coming soon. It sure is. Um, Christopher, I hope that this answers your question about the use of the term dress. And please do stay tuned um, in late June, early July for the episode that Cass was just referring to for more scoop on the gendering of clothing. Cass, do you have any fun fashion history news from this week? Uh, yes, April, I actually do. And it turns out that you, Miss, have been uh, pretty sneaky as of late. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I am going to give you 903,603 reasons why. So almost a million reasons. That's a lot why. of reasons. Maybe basically a million <laughs> reasons why you've been sneaky. Dress listeners, April is a bona fide YouTube star with over, well, almost 1 million views. I, I wouldn't say a YouTube star does not a million views make of my one video that I've done. I mean, but yes, I did um, recently do a video for Glamour where we looked at the historical accuracy in the animated version of Beauty and the Beast. Um, and it turns out to be quite interesting. Um, just, just a couple little facts, you know. For instance, Belle's dress might be way more 19th century than it is 18th century. So <laughs> you can check out YouTube to learn more. Yeah, and it's really cool because apparently I don't think Glamour Magazine is a print magazine anymore, correct? They're just exclusively doing online content. Yeah, they shut down the print operations. Yeah, so, you know, this is, I guess, very reflective of our time that really um, print magazines are struggling a lot and in many ways. And so people and publications like Glamour are really finding these new um, ways to stay relevant and to speak to the younger generation that speaks social media <laughs> and online media. And what a wonderful way to do it. Uh, it's very exciting. So you can Google it uh, or go to YouTube. It's Fashion Expert Fact Checks Bell from Beauty and the Beast. And there's actually a couple other fashion historians on there that we know and love that are doing videos as well. So it's a really great, wonderful amazing video. Yeah. So I think that does it for us this week, dress listeners. May you consider dresses and dress next time you get, well, dressed. <laughs> <laughs> Please tune in to our full-length episode this coming Tuesday. If you'd like to submit a question for a future Fashion History Mystery Minisode, you can email us at dressed at iheartmedia.com, or you can also, alternatively, direct message us on Instagram at dressed underscore podcast. And as always, a special thanks to our producers, Casey Pegram, Holly Fry, and everyone else at iHeartRadio that makes the show possible each and every week. Catch you Tuesday! Dress the History of Fashion is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to your favorite shows.